Welcome to Glorified Treasure Spread. This is the audio version of the commentary notes for the Spring 2023 Teleos study from Psalm 23 to Psalm 41. 1 Day 1, Psalm 23, verses 1 through 4. Psalm 23 is probably the best known and most loved chapter of the Old Testament. This is true of believers and unbelievers alike. It's often read at funerals and is indeed a source of great comfort. However, it's even more applicable to living a godly life. When the original worshipers sang this psalm, they were beholding Yahweh's majesty in the way that he personally attends to each of his covenant lambs. He was the shepherd to the nation, as well as to each individual who committed to him. How amazing that David would compare the infinite sovereign creator with a shepherd. In that culture, shepherds were at the bottom of the social spectrum. They were usually either the youngest son of the family, as David was, or an individual with no other professional skills. They spent their time outdoors day and night, away from, quote, cultured society. The fact that David would compare his Lord with a person of this position indicates just what an intimate relationship he had with his God. However, on the other hand, a common theme was for the king to claim himself as, quote, shepherd over his nation. Another unexpected concept from a personal perspective is that if Yahweh is the shepherd, David is a sheep. Sheep are generally known to be dumb, defenseless, and prone to wander away from the flock. They tend to have a strong odor and are most enjoyed from a distance. In this analogy, David is acknowledging that Yahweh is the power behind the throne, and not David himself. He must depend on Yahweh to provide guidance and wisdom in order to lead God's chosen people. David's statement that he will not, quote, want, does not mean that he will have every human want and desire, but that he will not lack anything which he needs. The shepherd knows what is best for each of us and must be trusted to provide. Jesus presents himself as the good shepherd who intimately knows his sheep and whose sheep know and follow him. John chapter 10, verses 14 to 16. Sometimes sheep must be forced to lie down. They will not rest if they sense any danger or other discomfort because our shepherd knows that we need rest. He may compel us to do so, but only after providing what we need for sustenance. Sheep need lush green pastures. We need to feed on the word of God. Through resting under his protective hand and feeding on his word, we are safe and nourished. Sheep are also high maintenance when it comes to water. They will not drink from rapidly flowing streams, but only from still, quiet water supplies. Finding these lush pastures and quiet waters in an arid environment meant long and treacherous journeys for the shepherd while he guarded his flock. The thought may have taken David's mind back to the wilderness wanderings of Israel. It may also apply to my pilgrimage through this life. Do I trust my shepherd for every need and accurate direction? Restoration of the soul is revival or spiritual refreshment indicating the return of vitality. In the case of sheep, this would apply to physical restoration, but to David and to us, it would apply to spiritual health 
and the cycle which eventually leads to full sanctification. Related to this process is the fact that the shepherd leads us in paths of righteousness, correct moral direction. Sheep are foolish, stupid creatures which are prone to meander into danger. The shepherd prevents such behavior, said Boyce in his commentary. Why does David's shepherd do all this for his sheep? It is not ultimately for the good of the sheep, but, quote, for his name's sake. Yahweh made a covenant with Israel that they would be his people and that he would be their God. His careful shepherding is his way of preserving his reputation and of remaining true to his character. His foremost reason is to display his glory to the world through his treatment of his people. Verse 4 provides a shift in the discourse. Now David is not speaking about the shepherd, but is conversing with him. He declares that he will have no fear, even passing through the valley of the shadow or deep darkness of death. This valley, a wadi, is the barren distance through which the shepherd must lead his sheep between the pastures and quiet waters. It's a place of danger from predators or ill-willed humans. Yet there is no fear because the shepherd is there. Again, one can see how appropriate this passage would be for a funeral, but Psalm 23 focuses on, quote, all the days of my life, verse 6, not just death. The shepherd has two tools, a rod and a staff. The rod is a short, club-like weapon designed to fend off predators or dangerous humans. The staff is longer with a crook on the end. It's used to guide the flock and to rescue a wandering sheep which has fallen into a dangerous place. Our shepherd is more than adequate to protect, even in the deep darkness, said MacArthur in his commentary. Boyce said we are part of that, quote, one flock composed of believing Jews and Gentiles. So we are not stretching the 23rd Psalm to see Jesus as our shepherd and to apply the lines of the psalm carefully and in detail to ourselves. Warren Wiersbe said, Our Lord called believers, quote, my sheep, because he died for them, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, and because the Father gave them to Christ, John 17, verse 12. Charles Spurgeon said, No man has a right to consider himself the Lord's sheep unless his nature has been renewed. For the scriptural description of unconverted men does not picture them as sheep, but as wolves or goats. A sheep is an object of property, not a wild animal. Its owner sets great store by it, and frequently it is brought, it is bought with a great price. Finally, Spurgeon said, regarding, quote, the valley of the shadow of death, the shadow of a dog cannot bite, the shadow of a sword cannot kill, the shadow of death cannot destroy us. Let us, therefore, not be afraid.